Greetings, precious saints. Uh, my name is Pastor William Hinn. I am here uh, for my brother, Pastor Benny Hinn, and he's asked me to come and share some quick things with you. And I just want you to know it is an honor for me to be here, uh, to stand with his ministry. I, I gave my life to the Lord watching him at the age of 17. And I've had some glorious, glorious encounters because of this wonderful man of God. And I've seen God use him all over the world. I've learned what devotion means. I've learned what persistence means watching him. Today, I'm very grateful what God has given me in the ministry. But I, but I always acknowledge, uh, had it not been for my brother Benny, uh, I wouldn't be serving the Lord today. I don't believe I would be serving the Lord. I've always had a love for God. Uh, been, we were raised Christian family. We've been raised in church all our life. But, you know, God came on Sunday, and God came Easter, and God came Christmas, and God was there when you're in trouble. But to have the devotion that, that he carried was, was uncommon. He went through years of, of rejection and ridicule, and I'll never forget, I, I would go in the mall to see him. He was selling ice cream at a kiosk. Um, and people would buy ice cream, and he would hold out the ice cream. And before he handed it to the people, he would ask them, do you know Jesus? I'm thinking, they're going to fire you. And sure enough, they fired him. Um, we worked at a gas station together, and he would witness the people. And then he didn't like the smell of gasoline working at a gas station. So he would wash his hands, and he lasted four hours, and they fired him from there. My brother has never been able to do anything else. Every job he's ever held, he's been fired. This is the only thing. He's done well, and he's impacted the world. And so I can tell you by personal experience, uh, he does this because it's his whole life. Uh, he is the most devoted minister that I know. Uh, he, he's constant. He's always at it. Sometimes I'm amazed at his level of energy um, at his age, and he's a little bit older than me, not a whole lot older, but, but he's, he's uh, all in for Jesus, and it inspires me. And so we, we were together just a bit, and he said, why don't you talk to my people? And so I want to just bring you this little story out of 1 Kings chapter 17, and I want to just show you a system by which God operates. Um, I learned this years ago. And you know the story of, of the prophet with the widow woman. And the Lord speaks to the prophet, to Elijah, and he says, I want you to go to this particular widow woman. And he tells him, you read the chapter, 1 Kings 17, on your own time. And he speaks to him about a particular prophet, I'm sorry, a particular widow in this particular town. And if you, if you look in the book of Luke, uh, I believe it's in chapter 4, it says there was a lot of widow women uh, in the time of the prophet Elijah. But there's this one particular woman, and God says to the prophet, to his servant, I have commanded her to sustain you. I've sent her a word to sustain you. And so the prophet goes to this town and finds this particular widow woman, and he finds her gathering up whatever she can gather for her last meal to feed herself and her son. So now you got to understand, God has already sent her a commandment to sustain the prophet and herself with her family, but she, as far as she's concerned, she's gathering up 
her last meal. She's going to cook her last meal so that her and her son can eat their last meal and then die. And he says to her, would you fetch me your last meal? And she says, as the Lord lives, this is all I got. And he gives her the word of the Lord. And he says, thus saith the Lord, that God's going to sustain you, but you give me your first meal first. Now, I know that contradicts every reasonable-minded individual that you take your last meal. As, and listen, this is God's word. You know, if someone was to come to me and I got my last meal and I'm going to just sustain me and my son and that's it, and we're going to die, and some prophet comes, something had to be in her for her to respond because logically it couldn't have been. So... He says to her, let me have your last meal. And God's going to sustain you and your son. So she obeys. And when she obeys the word that was already in her, God sustains her, the prophet, and her family, her son, for a whole year. That one morsel of meat just kept multiplying and expanding and consisting throughout the year to take care of her, the prophet, and the son. What it says is, God sends his word. The heavens have already spoken over you. But it takes the word of the Lord, the actual word of the Lord, not the word of manipulation, not, not the word of trying to persuasion, but the word of God. Because I want to make this very clear. Before I get into what I'm about to say to you, if you think this is about money, please, in the love of God, keep it. It's not about money. It's about obedience. When we understand it's about obedience and not about our money, you know what a, a spirit of poverty is? A spirit of poverty is not the lack of money. The spirit of poverty is controlled by money. I've known people that have had a lot of money in the bank, but it's their security. They hang on to it for dear life. Uh, you know, people have insurances because of fears. Now, I'm not suggesting it's not a good idea. We have to be wise. But when we're obedient, obedience is what God is after. This woman had the word in her already. The word of God says, God commanded her, commanded her. So you would think when the, when the prophet reached the woman that she'd know already, but she didn't. She had to hear the word personified, manifest, declared in her ear to awaken, activate what God has already deposited in her. So though the heavens already spoken to her, she did not yet encounter what was already hers. And the way that it works it's kind of an economy of God is. God does not bring us what we need when we plead. God takes care of us in advance because you see the way God operates, God does not start to finish. God finishes first. God being spirit, not bound to the, to the elements of time. He doesn't go A, B, C, D. He doesn't start here and end here. The way God operates is he finishes first, then he starts. Isaiah says he declares the end from the beginning, so you and I would find out what he already finished. So God finishes it on your behalf already. That's how he operates. And then he puts the journey into process and requires two things, faith and obedience. This woman, God comes and tests her by the word he gave her, and she's tried in her faith and in her obedience. And she, she obeys the word. It triggered. The prophet spoke something to her. 
that triggered the word in her. She obeys the word she already knew in her spirit. Now she hears it in her mind and she responds to it and God sustains her for another year with one, one, one meal. Sometimes we come to God and say, Lord, I just don't have enough. As if though, you know, we're telling God what he doesn't know. And listen, I've been in this position. I'm not just preaching to you. I, I'm talking to you out of experience. And there's been times when I didn't know how I'm going to sustain my family. I, I'm, not, I'm not good at money asking people. I, I'm, my personality is such that, that um, if people think I'm after their money, it actually I find it aggravating. And so I, I, I shut it off. Don't want it. To be perfectly honest, you know, some people may call it pride. Then to have someone just, you know, here's a handout. I want what God has. And if God wants me to give my last, then you know what? I'm going to trust God. And this is how the Lord operates. We see him ask for the lad with the basket, and they brought all what they had, and the few loaves and a few fish, and Jesus feeds a multitude twice. The way that God operates, he's not after how much do you got. He wants to know what are you doing with what you have. I gave you a mite. What are you going to do with it? Because you see, we're all tried. How, how have we been? What stewardship have we had towards what he's given us? And if all I got is five bucks, that's it. I'm not wealthy. What are you doing with what I gave you? So I don't care what other people have, what they're doing with it, how rich or how poor. I have to worry about what is it that I'm supposed to do with what I've been given. Because we're allotted you know, time in life. God gives us a certain amount of hours to live. And we, we don't know when it's going to start or where it's going to end, but we all, rich and poor, we get 24 hours. And how you manage your time. The other thing that God gives us is our resources and our families and how we take care of what we have. We don't take anything for granted. And so I'm very grateful for everything that God's given me. So then when God comes to me and says, give me what you got. If God is asking for that, then I know he must have a plan. And God doesn't tell me, well, listen, if you do this, I'm going to do that for you, and I'm going to negotiate with you. Now I'm motivated by what the results are going to be. But that's not how faith works. Faith works, Lord, I'm going to hear you, and I'm going to obey what you said. And I'm going to go like Abraham, and I don't know where I'm going, but I want to obey you because I trust you more than having to sustain me and myself. You know, there was a your stories in Scripture, and I'll tell you this real quickly. There was a law in the Old Testament where if a landowner had a, had a slave, they called them slaves, employees, and the slave was to work for seven years. After the seventh year, the law was, you give him a choice. You give the slave a choice. You're free to go. If you, you, know, you had a debt, say, and you couldn't pay the debt back, and so you go get a, you, you become a slave to someone who helps you pay the debt, and once the debt is paid, you have, you have a choice to leave that master or stay. But if you decide to stay, you stay on your own. The first seven years that you served, you were under obligation as an employee to pay off whatever debt, and so you're subject. But from after the seven years, you're free. And if you decide to stay, so he was not th thought of by the, by, the, by the authorities that he's doing something against the law, he would take that servant to the public square, and he would pierce his ear. And he would pierce his ear saying that he has chosen to become marked 
as uh, what they called bond slaves. That's why Paul would say, I'm the bond slave of Jesus Christ. That means that I have decided that it's, it's my master has treated me better as a slave than I could ever take care of myself. I think back to the days when I would work and work and work and work for an employer. And they paid me well to do what I did. But I was a slave to the system. Uh, I had to do it right or be fired. They didn't take care of me like my master took care of me. When I became a servant of the Lord, I can't tell you how God's taken care of me. And I've been doing this now for many years. Um, it's, it's beyond trying to explain it, to be honest. The way God has sustained me, my family, my children, my grandchildren, our people, it's nothing short than miraculous. Why? Because I have a, I have a, I have a pierced ear that says, I have chosen to give my life to serve my master because the grace he's shown me, the love he's shown me, how he has taken care of me is so much better than I could ever take care of myself that it is my honor to give God. And so this woman finds out, listen, you could, you could do this on your own and take your last meal and it's up to you to sustain yourself or you give it to God. And when you give it to God, you tell God, you know what, God, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to start with the negative first. And you know what? If I die, at least I did it in obedience. Let me die in obedience. Or if you sustain me, it's because I trusted in you. Either way, I want to trust in you. And so I want to encourage you. This ministry, speaking of my brothers, Benny Hinn Ministries, has impacted a lot of lives. I, I remember years ago, dealing with ridicule from ministers, your brother's doing this and your brother's doing that. And, you know, I, I remember listening to it, just listening to it. And one day my brother invites me to come to a crusade. So I went. And I was in the Philippines with him. And to be honest, um, I thought it would be a chance to spend time with him, um, go see the crusade, and I get to the Philippines, and he worked day and night in that crusade. And I, I believe we had something like a million people or some ridiculous amount of people as far as the eye can see. And I watched children, and I'm a dad, and I watched children come out of wheelchairs. I remember this little boy, maybe the age of my son at the time, and he was taking his first steps. And I thought, what, what would I pay to see if that, as a dad, and you have a crippled son or a girl, there was a girl that was deaf and she couldn't talk. And my brother closed her ear and she started repeating the name Jesus. What, what would a parent give to see that kind of power heal their children? And this is just one of millions of testimonies that God has used this servant. And so when you honor God, you honor his servant. Jesus said, if they receive you, speaking to his disciples, if they receive you, they receive me. If they receive me, they receive him who sent me. So to me, this is not about Benny Hinn or William Hinn or any other Hinn or any other preacher for that matter. It's about receiving God. 
It's doing unto the Lord through his servant. And therefore, we need to understand that when we stand with God's servants, when we honor God through his servants, we're honoring God. And God can do things with what we give and we're, if it's our last meal. And I'm using extreme cases here. But if God can do that to a widow woman by the man of God, um, think of where we are. You know, we don't live in that world anymore. There are so many programs. Sometimes I think even government programs are more gracious than some of the believers because they're always worrying about money. Jesus said you can't serve two masters. You either love one or hate the other. But seek first the kingdom, first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Line up with it. Everything that the world needs will be added to you. So I want to encourage you that you stand with Benny Hinn Ministries. Stand with my brother. Give the best offering that you can. Don't take leftovers. Don't go through the fruit basket and find one that's bruised. Find the best that you can give God. And offer God the best you can give Him. The Word of God says when you heave it, which means when you lift it, I count it. And so you go to the Lord and you say, Lord, I'm going to bless your ministry. I'm going to bless your servant. I'm doing it for your kingdom. That you bless that ministry and He'll bless you for it. So in Jesus' name, come on, get your offerings ready. Get ready to give. And I want to encourage you to do your best to stand with the calling of God. All the years and the decades I've seen God do extraordinary things through him. Um, I have participated in what I'm telling you to do. I'm not doing this because I love him. He's my brother, though I love him. But it's because I believe in what he's doing. And if I did not, I wouldn't be doing this. Trust me. So come on, let's do it together. So Father, right now in Jesus' name, for every gift, every giver, Lord, that is a sweet-smelling savor that is heaved up to you, that will create an aroma of thanksgiving. What we bring is our hearts, our thanksgivings, our songs, our gratitudes, not only to stand with your servant, but Lord, to say to you what you have done for us, the grace you've given us, the blessings you've been to us, how you have kept us and protected us and provided for us, how you have sustained us, how faithful you've been to us. When we failed you, you never failed us. When we came short, you still came to us. When we needed you, you were always there. So, Father, it is our honor that we bring this, our sacrifice, this, our love, this, our offering, that we will reach its highest value as we place it in the work of your kingdom. Bless this ministry, Father. Bless Pastor Benny. Strengthen him. Keep him running. Keep him energized with your spirit. Continue to use him, Father. Open up the nations in greater measures than ever before. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name he will accomplish more in his latter years than all the former years combined. Bless his work. Bless your kingdom. And abundantly bless your people. In Jesus' mighty name. And all the people of God said, Amen. Lord bless you, people of the Lord. Lord bless you as you stand with this ministry. We bless you.